Hello and welcome to the Talking Guitar Podcast, brought to you by the North American Guitar, the home of the world's finest guitars. In this episode, we catch up with English fingerstar virtuoso Mike Dawes, ahead of the release of his live album, Shows and Distancing. to see you and you mate. thanks for stopping in on our teenage talking guitar podcast i'm super chuffed to have you here all good man it's uh it's it's good to see you all right um, it's just a great do you know when we were in the midst of lockdown and i was basically peddling in well you know just getting into the showroom and just trying to ship guitars out and i was thinking how can i still connect with luthiers and how can we still you know, get stuff out there. So we just started doing these Zoom calls and, and just then putting them on Podbean. Um, okay. And it's amazing. And it's just such I love a it. great way. And, and, and it, what's amazing is you, it's, you kind of, every single time I do one of these, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit like, yeah, I feel a little elated for the day. It's like, yeah, that was great. I got to see someone that I wouldn't normally see until a guitar oh, show. It's great. social interaction as well. I mean, I'm actually, um, I don't know when you want to put this out, but um, well, I don't mind giving you an exclusive, but... um. Oh yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, I've started my own podcast, which is with Time Without. Oh, nice. We've kind of, yeah, we kind of teamed up, and it's just an opportunity for me to chat with, and it'll be video as well. It's video and audio, but it's just like an opportunity to talk with, you know, all the musicians that I've met on tour, and some people that I haven't met and will be meeting for the first time. But you know, all things guitar and music, and how people, what people are doing, and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Just because I'm, I'm quite a social kind of extroverted guy on the road and I miss that and, and I'm kind yeah. of stuck here in my bunker all by myself and like you're saying you get this nice everyone gets a nice thrill out of just having a good old catch-up when we can't travel and see people so yes I think sometime in November we'll launch it but um that's great you know, make a bit of a noise about it man and you know that and you are you're you're always great on camera um you're, you've, you've done so many interviews and you're so been on, you've done so much touring you're so well versed and fluid I remember like you know, I've done lots of interviews with luthiers and some artists, and out of everybody, you're you're the one that's just like, okay, yeah, so this is what we're going to do, and it's just straight into. Oh, really? it. So, oh well, that's, I'm, you've been... no, I'm just a, I'm just a professional bullshitter, dude. Like, actually, <laughs> um, no, my um, my year uh year eleven music teacher. So year eleven for anyone listening outside of the UK is uh, like 16, 15, 16 years old. It's yeah. like GCSEs, right? Yeah. Um, I, I found my old like um. I guess you call it a report card, basically like a, a teacher's kind of assessment of you as a pupil. And the, uh, 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 the the text that she'd written in her pen was, Mike is either a musical genius or an exceptional bullshitter. <laughs> and I would I, I would say the latter. Like, I, I, again, like, um, I, don't I don't know. I think this industry is just a lot of just like having fun with cool people. And if you get on, that's kind of half the battle. Like, obviously you have to be competent and, and, and be able to play and do your job, but it's almost like... Um, being being comfortable in 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 the in the surroundings on the media side is is sort of how you keep the gigs that you get through your craft Does that yeah sense? definitely definitely but i think that the there's one thing that you totally personify and that's just that is hard work and graft and and oh and thanks man just which i think that so oh, it's such a you know people think, oh, yeah well, obviously you've got to work hard but it's a mm. you know to, to succeed in the music industry you have to I mean, you have to really put in the hours. You have to be prepared for well, and not be at home. And Well, yeah, um, I mean, it, it's, it's weird, isn't it? The music industry is like a giant 
a giant restaurant where you have you know you have waiters you have bar staff you have families you have you know people working in the kitchens behind the scenes like everyone has like the, the, it, it's sort of an industry that can support so many different styles of work mm. like for example you and i we're in the same industry but we're also doing different things at the same time whilst yeah. being in the same industry it's like you and i have nothing in common with simon cowell but we're in the same industry you know <laughs> so so you know you can forge your own path and my path happens to have taken me down the touring with sessions and stuff like that and also videos but heavily into the touring side which is why this 2020 has been been such a shock but yeah you have to be willing to diversify what you do but what what, what you just said about hard work something that i learned uh, pretty early on is that if you just invest your time in in and part of the music industry that you absolutely love you'll always and, and if you have somewhat of a work ethic you're always going to do better than someone that has the same work ethic but isn't as in love with with that like passion is so important like yeah. say i wanted to get into bluegrass in a big way i would never be as good no matter how much work as i put in as someone who lives and breathes and just will die for bluegrass you know just because i like it i don't love it like that you know what i mean so so for yeah for anyone listening that's like trying to trying to sort of find their way in this kind of crazy world is whichever part of that world that you love try, go for that like for me traveling was something that i love so that's what fed into the touring and the willingness to get out there on the road all the time you know yes and you see you just have, it has to be all encompassing you have to you have to eat it live it breathe it you know it just it's something that and sacrifices as well i, I remember you know, years ago when i was doing you know the live music thing and i uh, i mean the amount of like birthdays or, or mm -hmm. weddings like there was a period yeah. where i mean i'm a lot older than you um and i wouldn't say that then I'm 40 now. Fuck off. I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm 40, mate. Um, you, don't, you don't look a day over 39. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, but there was like a period where um, all of my mates started getting married and I was just either like doing a gig for hard rock or trying to get on a tour here. And, and every gig was like, this is really important. I can't miss this one. So... You just mm. you would just miss so much, so much stuff. But that's just that happened. Yeah, there, there was um, there, you talk about sacrifices. It's, it's a it's a weird thing because, you know, something that is sacrificial for someone else might not be so much on someone else's radar. So because I I went out touring straight after education, I didn't really build the sort of home infrastructure yeah. that I would miss. I just went straight out. So the only things that I was missing were sort of, you know, like my best friend's wedding I missed because I was in Beijing. So I got the whole audience in Beijing to say like, congratulations on your wedding in Mandarin on video, you know, but I really wanted to be there and I was really bummed out, but that was a friend who I'd grown up with. You know, there was actually something I'm realizing now is that I don't have much of a home life anyway, because I've always been out. So being now in this new home, I bought a house just before this, this lockdown happened. I'm kind of bored, like, because I don't have that infrastructure. I don't have, like, the wife and kids, you know what I mean? So it's it's a very strange thing now. So I didn't, when I was touring, I didn't feel like I was sacrificing too much, but that was because I didn't have anything really to give up. And, and that's that was an advantage. And, and I think that really needs to be something that's, uh, that's understood. I was very grateful for that. I probably wouldn't have toured as much as I did if I had, like, all this other stuff going on back at home, you know? I'm just a bit of a bit of a nomad from the get-go, really.
Um, and so you touched on it briefly, but obviously 2020 has been, um, been a, a strange year uh, to say the least, but um, how have you adapted then? Uh, two questions in that. Hmm. First of all, how did you get on in the whole COVID period? I mean, obviously we're friends on Facebook, so I see all the, all the posts you put up and we engage hmm. all the time, but how that transition from going on such a heavily, you know, touring um, schedule to, to being, you know, not being on the road. How do you adapt to that? Well, it was a perfect storm of, of, of kind of chaos because of the house move. And because um, that happened, like my, my moving day was March the 23rd. So I was literally like getting the deposit into the hands of a solicitor that was being furloughed in like an hour's time. You know what I mean? It was just like absolutely mad. But the problem was because I'd, uh, back in March and April, the just everything was closed. So because it was my first time and I had that nomadic lifestyle, I didn't really have a lot of stuff. Like the stuff you see behind me on the video that we're talking with, I have all this studio gear and acoustic panels and sofas and stuff. This took like three months to get together because the supply chains were so messed up. So I was, I hadn't, you know, I, I, I went from this to the, into this crazy situation and there was no internet for two months. You know what I mean? Things like this. So the first sort of two or three months was just really slow and really a bummer because I'd just come off a two month tour of the US international guitar night playing these wonderful auditoriums and then you come home and suddenly i'm in this new house with no internet and i'm sitting on a cardboard box because there's no furniture and everything's closed so you can't get anything right but then um you know i, I had to come to the realization that you know 85 percent of the income was gone so there was that um so then i'm thinking well you know thankfully i kept some savings back when i bought this place but you know you're looking at looking at the future and, and looking at what you need to do to the place. But um, I, I, I fortunately had a project in the form of this live album. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I, I had um, last year, I recorded a live album to release this year. So I was able to actually spend a little bit longer on it than I could have because I decided, well, now I have time to teach myself new skills. So I got Final Cut. I got the video editing software that I, I, I'd never really used before. So I edited all, all of these live videos myself and just taught myself how to do it so i would acquire some new skills same with a bit of photoshop work as well although mostly i just do that stuff on my phone i'm actually colorblind so anything to do with graphic design i, I just am terrified about because <laughs> i just don't know what i'm doing you know that's probably why this this studio is really like bold colors you know but um but, um, but yeah so I, I taught myself some new skills had that to work on and, and we're releasing because there's so many video assets for that project um, we're releasing a, a video every week on my YouTube channel. So that's been really fun to do. And one of them's kind of taken off right now. Uh, uh, slow dancing covers kind of kind of creeping up there thanks to the YouTube algorithm. But, um, but in terms of work beyond that, you know, I've been finding it quite hard to write because of just the chaos and being thrown in at the deep end in this very yeah. foreign, not just foreign uh, way of earning money, but a completely foreign lifestyle. Like I literally have never been in one place for more than say two weeks since I was a kid. Like it's such a drastic lifestyle shift that it's just incredibly hard to deal with mentally. So I have a lot of stuff that I actually recorded some new music and new music videos that I'm going to end up putting out at the end of the year after the live album campaign's done. So I have a lot of stuff that, that's, that's being worked on, but in terms of repositioning uh, how to bring in 
sort of comparable income or something. I mean, I'm never going to get to comparable income as someone who tours 11 months in the year because touring is, as a soloist, that's where the lion's share of the income comes from. But I'm getting into more YouTube side of things. So I have a whole rig now and I'm working with some companies on, on, um, on helping them with their, their gear and things like that and getting more into the, the YouTube side of things as a little, as, as something to expand another area of my online presence as well as music. So, uh, around, you know, November, December time, my sort of visibility will extend beyond the fingerstyle guitar world and extend into the guitar community at large. So that's been a nice project to, to work on and learn yeah. about the video side of things some more. I think that's brilliant, man. I think that's, that's absolutely awesome. Um, and, you know, there were so, there were, I bet there are so many times when you thought, if only I could just get a couple of weeks, or if I could just get a month where I could just kind of get into Photoshop or get into Final Cut. Or mm, yeah. The amount of times I used to say to myself, I could just take four months and I could just bury my head in Pro Tools or Pro Tools exactly. Project or whatever. But, you know, just, it's just so hard to find that but, time. But that's the thing. But it, but it's, yeah, but it's not just the time. It's like, just just having that like like this covid thing i did a podcast um with a, a guy some guys it's called the riff hard podcast lots of like rock metal guys and i went on there and you know it was very like motivational kind of stuff and and a lot of the you know we we're saying so how have you like you know smashed it through covid and, and i had to be honest it was like you know this was back in may that i did this or whatever and i was like i haven't like i'm really miserable this sucks you know and, and i feel like it's okay to express that and it's okay to say I may have the time to do all these things, but my entire world has been turned upside down. Like I'm suddenly like, it's like I'm on another planet compared to my previous lifestyle. So take some time. And like, if you want to go for a walk and spend the whole day just offline and just go for a walk around a new town you've just moved to, then that's okay. You know? So I was quite slow with that, but, but yeah, I mean, um, having there's certainly a lot more free time and a lot more work time than when I was on tour. That's for sure. Yeah, and also yeah. You're, you're just the way you write. I can imagine you, you're because because you're you spend so much time on the road. You, that creative part of your brain is obviously always engaged, and that you mm. could, I bet writing is quite a fluid thing for you. You got a lot of time in your in your dressing room, or there's time on the bus. Um, you're probably listening to music all the time where suddenly when you're like stop and you're in a room and you're like well now i should be able to have all the time to write you probably don't have that it, 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 yeah it's odd isn't it because on on the tours you know and part of the reason that i've been struggling or at least i was i was struggling a lot more in the first few months of of this thing is because like when you're on tour and you live on tour it's like having a job in the sense that you wake up in the morning, you have to be in the lobby at this time, you have to be at the venue at this time, sound checks this time, shows this time, sell your merchandise, back to the hotel for this time. Did you do a good job? Yes or no, same time tomorrow. It's having that structure. Like it's almost like you have a boss, you have to do this thing, right? So when I go out on a tour, there's a whole side of my brain that I get to leave at home, which is the what am I gonna do today brain, right? So being on tour, you're not stressed about being like self-employed because you have a task, you have a finite thing, you know, be it Heathrow at this time, you know, you will come back on these days and that's the job. Coming out of that into a world of you're by yourself, the government doesn't care about you, so you're not getting any money from them. That's how it works for people in my situation anyway. Um, and so, so how are you going to 
bring in income beyond royalties and streaming, which I'm very grateful for. It's great to have that in Patreon. I have a Patreon with a lot of super hardcore fans and we hang out there and those guys kept me going a lot. But um, without, yeah, without sort of going into the savings, like what do you, uh, what do you do? And, and, and you don't have a boss saying, hey, do this by 5 p.m. and I'll give you this, this check. You know, so you, you have to exercise the innovative part of your brain, but with that comes a lot of anxiety, you know, and a lot of uncertainty. But um, but it's been really fun. Like it's been a really fun challenge, and um, and grow past this. You can grow past. You know what 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 can you not get past? That's well, the- you know, when touring does come back, and it will come back. What? How amazing would it be to have, say, the same amount of annual income set up passively from stuff that you've exercised in the COVID time, running in parallel? I mean, that would just be amazing. Yeah. So um, it's it's just about yeah finding something to do with your time and, and motivating yourself every day to do it. Um, yeah. It's been an adjustment, but, uh, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I love it. So let, let's just, cause you touched on the Patreon. So just, just tell me about them. Cause I think it's, and I, I, I had done previously, um, um, I tried to think what it's called now. My mate, mine's just gone blank. Uh, Pledge Music. I did that. Oh yeah. Yeah, you did that thing. yeah. And that was great. Um, sad that they kind of, they, 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 they're no more, but, um, and Patreon yeah, is kind awesome. of, Am I right in thinking it's, it's, it's basically like a subscription, isn't it? You subscribe to it, don't you? Yeah. So basically it's almost like a, I guess it's like kind of like a fan club. That would be the, 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 the way that I describe it. So there's different tiers of support ranging from like a dollar a month all the way up to like, you know, guitar lesson money a month. And, um, and the way it works is, you know, they get everything first, you know, we, 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 you know, I, I give them feedback on their playing. I give some of them guitar lessons every month. You know, there's, they get credits in my albums. There's, you know, exclusive items, discounts on everything. You know, just, it's almost like the, the kind of, I'm always thinking of new perks, but to, to give them and the perks changed varying on the, on the thing. But, you know, these, these guys, for example, know the live album. They've heard it. They, they have it because I've been sharing it with them and I trust them not to share it to the public, you know? So, uh, yeah, if anyone's out there that wants to dive in into a more detailed way and hang out on that level, that's that kind of, or for any artist, that kind of platform, my one's patreon.com slash Mike Dawes, but so many artists are on there. And it's really cool because you're, you're behind the scenes, you know, you're in their studio and what are they working on today? And it's the kind of stuff that they don't, they don't share on social media. So I was sharing with them like iPhone clips of demos of me writing stuff that I would never share anyone like the, you know, uh, when you work on a really complex arrangement, you, you start at A and you make your way through B, C, D, all the way to Z, right? But the public only sees Z. You know, they only see the finished music video, whereas I'm sharing with these guys the whole process and I'm asking them for feedback as well. And I'm actually changing some arrangements with them. We're almost collaboratively writing some stuff for the next album, which is kind of cool. So it's just a community. It's just wicked people and really, really awesome people I like spending time with as well. What a great, I mean, I love those things. And, and it sounds like Pledge is pretty similar. You know, you had certain, they were called exclusives and whether it was, mm. you know, credits in the album or... Uh, or Pledge, Pledge, was, Pledge was like funding a specific project, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, Patre- Patreon's more like just a, like a fan club thing, but, but I guess it is funding the actual being able to get through this pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's a big ass project for, for uh, the events in the touring community, 100%. God, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so have there been any, anything that you've, you've started doing in the COVID period that you weren't necessarily doing before? Like I've seen, you've started doing some uh, acoustic magazine 
um, lessons. I saw that on, on your Facebook yeah. page and things like that. Yeah. So, well, one thing that I've, I've always done, I, I always used to do when I was off tour, but I've had a lot more time now is that every Sunday I have three guitar lesson slots now. So I've actually, I, yeah, I call them lockdown lessons. So we started with just a couple of weeks worth to test the water because um, people have been asking for kind of one-to-one -one guitar lessons for ages. And I do, I used to do them on tour. So I'd have like fans come to the hotel room or on the, on the bus with Justin or whatever. Right. And, and we do it. But now I actually get the opportunity to do that in the studio with my DSLR and mic set up. I, I let the fans record every lesson as well. So I give them permission to record it on Zoom. I just ask that they don't upload it. But um, so every Sunday I have three slots and, and those are all bookable uh, via the website. So if you go on mikedoors.com, there's a little drop down menu where you can choose the available slots. And then we meet up on Zoom and, and we do this sort of like 40 minutes, but they always go on to like 45, 50 minutes. And, um, and yeah, uh, I had, we're Monday today. So yeah, I had three yesterday and it's all, people all over the world, all kinds of subjects. I've even been doing electric guitar with, uh, with some of them as well. So it's not just fingerstyle, but um, a lot of people, you know, I'm teaching them my songs, my style, the, a lot of people ask about how to do the percussive right hand stuff. Some of them just, uh, maybe they're learning my Metallica cover and they want some help with it or whatever, but it's just cool to connect over music. And so that's something that I haven't had time to do with touring, which I'm really happy I'm set up for now. You well, know, so man, I'm I'm trying, I was, trying to get you to do something with us for so long you're always so busy um yeah we could do some stuff now we Don't should we. we absolutely should yeah we should definitely get our thinking caps on and do so we're working on a few things in the background at the moment which is which we're hoping to launch um next year which are quite cool so i'll talk to you about that yeah once the once the the recording's gone we can uh, yeah <laughs> Um, and so just tell me a little bit about I can see you've got am I right in thinking that that's a Nick Benjamin you've got in the background there that is very perceptive indeed sir it is yeah so I have um I got my other uh uh so I have three Benjamin guitars yeah. um I have uh the, the, the first one got, great yeah. great this year oh amazing um yeah in the south near Brighton uh in in the UK his his hundredth guitar the first guitar he ever made that wasn't force a commission. It was something he made for himself. I bought that in 20, 2011 or 2010, I think it was. Um, and yeah, and I use that on every song on my first album and one song on my second album. But right now that's with him being repaired because that's the downside about touring. You neglect some of your guitars because you're always away from them. So there was a, a break that some of the bracing was needed some attention. But I also have... Um, his 138th guitar, which I had modeled, uh, um, had modeled similar to one of Newton Faulkner's guitars. So that's a mahogany Sitka kind of combination. Uh, but the one that, that you're referring to is, is a new one. It's a beast. It's, um, it's a, it's a semi baritone and we made it all out of maple actually. So all sustainable woods as an, as an experiment with a, excuse me, a, a black sort of, uh, paint job on it. And uh, it's got some banjo tuners on the top two strings. It's got bass tuners on the bottom two strings. It's got separate outputs for the bottom two strings. It also has, um, yeah, the classic Benjamin scoop, the, the sort of wedge, the bevel, all the, all the trimmings, a slight fan fret as well. I think if anyone wants to see what I'm describing, um, if you go on my YouTube channel, there's a video called like crazy guitar or something. And it's, it's me sort of just, uh, I think the first day I got it just fooling around with it. And, uh, writing some riffs for the next record so uh yeah it's a it's a beast just because of the different Beautiful. pickup options as well yeah the idea was to split it between bass on the bottom two strings guitar on the middle two and then having a sort of slide guitar sounds on the top strings so there's some in interesting creative potential there and, and i'm really lucky that nick's willing to 
indulge some of my weirdo ideas. Mate, uh, how do you even how do you even approach playing something like that? that just yeah, it's it's, it's 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 well, the, one of the things which which is a challenge to overcome is actually playing thicker strings. And with the style that I play, I have my fingernails and I play quite delicately. But when you have a thicker strings, you've got to really, you know, I'll, I'll notice that say on the G string, whatever it's tuned to, say it's tuned down to E or something, you know, it's scratching because it's, it's coiled and it, it's thick enough that it's causing a problem now. So now do I have to change my technique or do I change the strings a little bit? So I'm experimenting and, and each song will have different ways of approaching it. But you do, it does force you to think outside the box a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, um, it, it's really fun to experiment with. I'm working on an arrangement right now for the, up, the, the album after the live album. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be really cool, man. Like, it's really, really fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say what it is in case someone steals the idea and does it for <laughs> me. But, you know, maybe they already have. But, uh, you know, a sort of uh, heavy 80s synthy kind of thing. Oh, and, and, and the bottom string has, because it has a separate output that's switchable, so you can, e you can either have a bottom pickup that picks up strings six and five, or just string six. So, you know, if you're doing a song which needs the bottom two strings to be played together, you can still just isolate the bottom string, right? So I can send that to a synth. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So I can have a synth part isolated relatively from from the guitar, but it's all done analog, you know, it's all done the old school way with, with pickups, not any kind of uh, MIDI or anything like that, so. Mate, pedals, that, pedals and pickups, that's, that's the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, pedals and pickups, um, which actually kind of nicely brings me on to the, the relationship with, with Tonewood, which is, and that's oh, so yeah. great to hear that you're doing a podcast with them, because that's an awesome fit. They, you know, they must obviously, well, I know how much they love you, um, but you I really- I love them, they're, they're great. They are amazing, aren't they? They're just, they're just such great people. Um, but it must be, you must be very proud, the, um, A, the sort of synergy between you two, I guess both of you being brands, you know, um, and how that's kind of echoed through, um, through the music, music industry. And we, you know, from when I saw you at that NAMM show in like 2017, where you were just, you'd had them maybe for, for a bit of time, mm. but, in some of them, rather, but to now where they're just they're just so popular. And so, I see so many videos now on Instagram and on YouTube just of guys doing playing your style of music with a tonewood. Well, dude, I mean, this is one of the things that I now have time for, so I can shoot a proper demo video to answer all the questions. In fact, literally today, one of the biggest like shred metal guitar players in the world fresh off a stadium tour with the band called Five Finger Death Punch, you know, uh, at the start of this year. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's an absolute beast, a guy named Andy James, a uh, British guy. Um, he just was just messaging me saying, hey, I, I want to buy an acoustic guitar and want to get one of your Tonewood things. Uh, tell me about it because I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm telling him like, okay, you've got to install the brace and this is the thing. So, you know, it's, it's permeating all aspects of the guitar world. And, and rightly so, because these guys have invented something that I consider to be the sort of most important sort of evolution in the acoustic guitar setup since like the capo. Yeah. You know, I, I can't really think of anything else that, well, I mean, I'm speaking for myself because I use it every day. I've got it literally right here in front of me. I'm holding it up right now. <laughs> um, uh, and I've got a few more behind me just out of shot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. And, and they, because they're an indie business, I love supporting indie businesses. So they're a husband and wife you know, out of Phoenix, Arizona. And they've created something which 
a lot of companies with a lot more money than them have kind of I'm not going to say stolen because I'm not a lawyer, but like, you know, like, like you utilize because they, they, they came up with an idea and you know, it's a popular idea. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, all, all the power to them. Um, yeah. And anyone, if anyone wants to pick one up, there's a, a I believe when this goes up, there'll be a coupon for like 10% off on like my website or something like that. I think if you, if you go on my gear page, there's like a 10% off coupon, but it, it might be that they have a, their own holiday sale going on where you can get even more off. Who knows? But um, yeah, just any North American guitar listeners. Oh, you can get it from you guys, can't you? Actually, yeah, directly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a distributor. I forgot about that. Yeah, proud distributor of them. Um, just going back to your playing style, and and that was the thing for me when I heard you live in front of me, um, before we did a session playing your Kunz and ah the Kunzi, yeah, Kunzi, which I think I think I saw behind you. Mm. I think I saw behind you. You did, yeah. It's just, I just love the guitar. yeah. I love so fun. that that guitar is my um, it, it's my it's been my touring guitar for maybe three years since I got it. And I was having a conversation with uh, my friend Finn, who is uh, he's the main guy in a in a group called Fink. Yeah. Uh, Finn, Finn, Finn Green. So we we actually um, I recorded an episode with him for this this aforementioned podcast. But he was saying, you know, about retiring guitars when they get they get to a point where you might want to not tour with them anymore because they they've they've been through so much. You know what I mean? And the Kunz is getting I love it, but it's getting like I mean, it has some battle scars. You know, it's been to China, to Kenya, to South America, you know, to Australia, to New Zealand, everywhere. And it's been to Alaska. You know, it's uh, it's taken in a lot of things. It's seen the world has this guitar. Uh, so I might have to retire it from tour when uh, when things come back and take out something else, but we'll see. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, just just before we go on to that, to finish my what I was saying about your your, your playing, when I saw you right in front of me the first time with your tone, with is you have got like possibly the lightest touch I've ever seen on a player. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing crazy. how much volume you get still, and you are you have such a light touch. And, and that's the thing that I loved about the Tomer amp, which for you must have just been this complete eureka moment, is what you could do with your style of playing and how you can amalgamate tones. And I mean, it, it's such an amazing tool. It's such an amazing tool. Yeah, it, it is awesome. I mean, the, the light touch thing, I mean, I came from an electric guitar background, but I think there's two reasons for the light touch. I've always, you know, I got my acoustic guitar at a time where I was living uh, in university halls and I was just playing quietly <laughs> as I was learning just to not disturb people. But, um, but also I'm just quite an introverted guy actually, when it comes to the playing, I like to just, I like the dynamics soft and then I can really dig in when I want to get loud, but also I don't use any acrylics or anything on my nails. So my, my nails are all natural. So sometimes when I do a tour with other guitar players, say I'm doing a tour with like a gypsy jazz guy and he's hammering away and we're on stage, you know what, Tommy Emmanuel is a good example. So I've done a bunch of shows with Tommy and he has a really loud stage sound and he hammers the guitar. In his own words, if you want a big crowd, you've got to have a big sound. That was the first thing he said to me, right? Um, so, you know, up on stage, you know, feeling it. But he's so much louder than me on stage. Maybe it's a hearing thing, I don't know. But I like a quiet stage volume because to me that, it just makes me feel like I'm in my home, in a living room or something and, and I'm playing and also, 
I have the security of knowing there's no feedback risk when you have a really low monitor level. And, but when you're playing with someone else that has a high monitor level, that's when it gets hard because then I start fighting the urge to overplay. And yeah. when you overplay, it doesn't sound as good just the way you're attacking the strings, but also you're risking breaking a nail. So um, yeah, I, I, I play solo very lightly, but then if I have to play with other people, I'll step it up a few gears, but I'll have to increase the stage sound as well to keep up. That is me. I love that. And you brought me on to Tommy because I've got him written down on my notes. Um, yeah, he, he's the he, king. Go. He really is. And he just, I mean, you, there was a couple of awesome little Instagram videos that you put up of just you and he together. And um, there was one, it was a great story you told me. I and mean, I love him. He, I mean, what, uh, just a character wise, uh, I'm lucky enough to meet him once when he did an interview at our old showroom in Fulham. He did an interview for Acoustic Magazine. Um, just such a nice guy, uh, yes. but was you were telling me that he he you he went on stage like, early on in the tour, went on stage and just absolutely smashed it, blew them to pieces, roaring. And as he came past, just w walked up to you and went, "That's the way you do it," and then just walked off. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he, no, he, no. He he he, he said, uh, he said, fool them again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, just like absolutely smashes it, and then oh, yeah, they still haven't figured me out, figured it out, you know, or anything like that. You know, uh, I'm getting still getting away with it. You know, um, no, it's amazing. It's like hanging out with someone like that. You mean you going from that kind of obviously you must have been a fan of him to then being like a friend and just talking. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is with Tommy is so. So I actually didn't grow up with a lot of his music um, directly. Um, obviously, there's things like, you know, the guitar boogie, the classical gas, things like that, that everybody knows. But I came from the uh, Pierre Van Susan background of the alternate tunings and the Celtic stuff. And although Tommy has a lot of that, um, it's amazing in his repertoire. I didn't know that at the time. Um, so, but um, I was very aware that he is like the king, right? And, and, and you know, you, you can't exist in the acoustic guitar world without seeing every other kid playing a Maton with Tommy's signature on it and playing his style, right? He's the biggest influence to acoustic guitar players in the world. But um, I was terrified. The first show, first show we did together, I flew out to open for him in, in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. It's basically Scranton. So it's, it's where the, off the US office is set. Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, you know, I was just like terrified to play before Tommy to his crowd and also his crowd are quite old school I mean it's all ages but I mean if they've been following him a long time they will be old school fans and maybe what I'm doing won't translate but fortunately like it just it just worked really well like the combination worked and the banter and and and, and the British and Australian humor yeah. you know what I mean it, it, it so so dry we kinda, dry it, you mean. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so you know, talking about cricket you know like it works like it, it works backstage but but the thing is with tommy is that he could be just a guy with a lot of support acts on tour and and and, and, and whatever but he is like so welcoming and so kind to everybody if you're on the tour if you're a member of the audience if you're just someone he meets at the hotel like he is just a kind soul like i've never you know we did a tour in germany 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 and austria at the end of last year 2019 and the crew were driving in a van with the merch and the gear. And then Tommy and I were driving. Tommy was driving himself on the whole tour. Just him driving in like a, whatever it was, an Audi or a Mercedes or whatever. So we were just on the autobahn. So we have time to chat and just, it's just an inspirational guy. Like he, there's, there's not a, not a sort of 
it's not a bad bone in his body. I mean, he's just just really a, a, a very giving and generous guy with his time and with his uh, advice as well. You know, just just a great dude. And um, yeah, I highly recommend anyone to if you haven't heard of him or haven't checked out a show. I mean, it's it's an amazing show. That those tours were so fun. We had a lot scheduled for this year actually, um, but obviously it didn't happen. But um, yeah, it's you, you it's, were going to go back out with them, were you? Yeah, I mean, dude, I had. Um, I mean, I had shows booked up all through until December with uh, either with Justin Hayward from the Moody Blues, who I have a long-term session with, or solo tours. I had some dates with Andy McKee and Guitar Masters, some dates with Tommy, um, another Justin thing in Europe around this time of year. Um, and then I was going to take uh, November, December off to write the next album. Um, but um, so yeah, like basically just every you know constantly touring was, but didn't happen. Uh, uh, ironically, the first gig that got cancelled was a cruise festival, so that obviously uh, you know was one of the first things to go because cruises aren't exactly COVID friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but those cruise festivals are sick as well. The, the Moody Blues cruise. Yeah, yeah. Lots, yeah. Of, oh. lots of like prog rock bands on a boat, and it, it's great, great fun. Well, actually, I, I again. You know, I, I was I was doing a, a little bit of research and just uh, it was just it's just so nice knowing you and just and um, just seeing how everybody obviously always name checks you like there was that video recently that uh, Justin put out. He, I didn't realize he was doing these Justin Tuesdays or something like that. Yeah, Tuesday afternoon videos. Yeah, so so he has a big hit, big Moody Blues hit called Tuesday Afternoon. So they've just branded the the series that. But that was so we filmed the last show of the tour. Yeah. Um, which we did in November in Florida mm -hmm. and uh, and it's been cut together and they're releasing a song every week on his YouTube channel through his social media it's fun so, is that what you're going to be is that what you're doing with um, your live album have you got have you got video footage as well that you're editing yeah so that's the so that's what I use to teach myself final cut so basically I've put out three videos so far but there's like ten videos in total for the live album so so basically these I, the shows that were recorded were also filmed. So some of it was filmed kind of with three cameras, some with 10 cameras, you know what I mean? So there's stuff to work with and I'm teaching myself how to problem solve. Like, oh, I've got only three cameras to work with and they all start to move at the same time. You know what I mean? So this one's out of focus, this one's... So how do I problem solve that as an editor? So um, it was a really fun project to do. So yeah, like one of them that I've put out is kind of going a bit viral. Um, and that was a live John Mayer cover from New York. Um, the other two are kind of just like slow burn live clips, but basically every Friday um, on my YouTube channel, you know, until mid November, I'm going to be putting out a new live video. And the audio from that is part of the live album. So the audio has just been spectacularly engineered by Josh Clark, the guy that I, uh, I use for all my albums, but it was captured by, um, Alberto Parodi and Steve Chant who work on the Justin tour because they were at the desk at the times they were capturing the audio uh, room mics you know the whole the whole thing and it just sounds spectacular man I just listened back to it and I think man I'm so lucky to have been able to like play these shows to these people in these cities yeah. and, and and the takes I was like really happy with the takes like usually I'm you know as you know man as a guitar player we're always like our own worst enemy when it comes to being perfectionists about live takes and things so at least i am but i was like man I, I i was planning on taking individual songs from individual shows but we ended up with like five songs from one show all in a row were just bang on and and it's just such a cool vibe the album starts with five tracks in a row from a show in new york city wow. and it's just fucking awesome man the sound 
the power, like the mastering and the artworks just insane. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked on the artwork. So I love the artwork. So, so, so where, where is that shot from? What is that? So that, so that is basically a digital piece that um, is actually a fan. So uh, really? yeah, a fan on Instagram just made some fan art. And I just, just, I just contacted him was like, dude, you are so good. Can you please do my album? So um, that's, that's how that happened. So we managed to make, you know, the, the live albums recorded in New York, Florida and LA. So we basically made a digital amalgamation of those cities. Um, and there's some shots of me out on a, uh, on a sort of pier from Jacksonville, Florida, where I, I, I stayed at the time. Yeah. And then um, there's some hot air balloons from Bristol, which is where I live and where I was born, which is a really important part of what I do in there. And if you zoom in really, really, really close and one of the hot air balloons, there is uh, the guy piloting the hot air balloon is uh, a Finnish children's accordion player named Seppo Hobby. Um, and that's just a little in-joke between me and the designer because he is from Finland. So I wanted him to put his little little Easter egg in there, you know. So on the if I do a vinyl version, you'll be able to just about make it out, you know. Or if you get the high-res artwork with the band camp or whatever, then you can zoom in and see Seppo Hobby, children's accordion player, flying the hot air balloon. <laughs> and do you think are you going to try and do? Uh, are you going to try and do vinyl? So vinyl's tricky because it's so expensive to make. Yeah. And if I did it, I would. It's like. I would do it oh, if I had a tour. View, Kenny, you've got to do well, it. yeah, but I, I would do it if I had a tour to sell it on. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course. Because that's where they sell. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the pre-orders for the CD have been great. And if anyone wants to pick it up, basically all of, I'm doing everything homespun. So every CD is signed and it's all posted by my mum. So we're keeping it super local. So my mum, who lives 30 minutes away, it, we got posters of the artwork, like vinyl sized posters. We got signed CDs. We got tickets to a live stream show on November the 1st. We got all the tabs, all, all these kind of cool packages we put together on mikedoors.com. So you can get as a pre-orderer, you know, so October the 30th is the day it comes out. But if you pre-order it, you can get these bundles and there's all this cool, cool stuff. But we're doing it all, literally all in, in the village of Cheddar. And my mom every day, every day, yeah, she's getting the email receipts and like making little labels for everyone. So it's all, it's all, you know, just keeping keep, it. I love keeping it. Like, keeping it Jeff, I love that. Jeff Bezos is doing fine through this pandemic. Let's <laughs> throw my mom a couple of bucks for some distribution. You know what I mean? Like, 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 let's make it. Let's make it a, a homegrown grassroots thing. It's a live album. It's all for the fans. It wouldn't exist without the fans. So let's keep that sense of community and keep it local. So yeah, if anyone's interested in picking it up or checking it out, it's all, uh, it's all up on the website. Um, Mike, you know, my man, I've, I've just got so much um, respect and adoration for what you do. You are um, inspirational to so many guitarists out there, young and old. And um, I can imagine going from being so busy touring to having this new world it must have been a really tricky transition for you but it's so great to see how active you are on social media and to hear all these exciting things that you've got your patron um and what we'll do is we'll when we we'll put this out in one of our newsletters and then we'll we'll embed all of the stuff um that you've got going on and any links that you have there. oh that's awesome man i really appreciate that thank you it's so good to uh yeah, to, to talk to you again, and uh, ha like, ha like, where you are living is are things okay? Are you like locked down now? Or? No, no, we're we're um, we're all okay. So we're um, lockdown was pretty intense, I mean, it was pretty intense. But um, like, like, you just you just have to 
You just have to get on with it. You just have to get on yeah. with it. And so, well, I mean, it, well, it's not like, I mean, camping is intense. I was like, wait, wait, waiting to get that in. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe by the time this comes out, like we'll be in another lockdown. But um, I mean, it, it, it's weird. Like, I, I feel like the rest of the country has, they're saying we're doing a second lockdown. But for me, I've, I've always been in lockdown. I'm just here by myself. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm not working. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a, it's, I, I really do feel for the events industry because we're definitely going to be the last, one of the last industries to recover from this because it's all about gathering people. You know, it can't, it's all about gathering people, but also with planning, which takes months. So you, you, you can't plan if you don't know that the event's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So uh, uh, yeah. I felt like uh, there were times when I was, you know, when I was going into the showroom on my own, you know, I'd get, I'd get in, I'd get up at like 6.30, I'd get in there for seven, I'd probably leave at about seven or eight o'clock. I did that every single day throughout the whole of lockdown. And, yeah. and we, I had one person on our, on our email who emailed us and wasn't very happy the fact that we were still sending guitars out. And I just said, well, I've, you know, we've got mouths to feed and we've got yeah. bills to pay. And as long as there's a UPS man or a DHL guy ready to ship yeah. a guitar to a customer, then I'm going to be, I'm going to be going in. And, and I did. Um, and there were times that when I drove through the local town, I just felt overwhelmingly grateful for, for you know, I felt a sadness for the local town. And, but just the fact that we were able to keep, you know, chogging along um, was, yeah. was, was an amazing thing. And whilst I think COVID has, 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 has been a tricky time, um, it's definitely been, a, for me in particular, time to reflect and, look at what's happened and you know how you can try to try I don't know how hard it is but try to make a positive out of it in some way or another if it makes you a slightly better person more socially aware um then that there's got to be some good in that and also you know like as, as tough as it is there you know like you were just saying we you're gonna end up going back on the road at some point you're gonna go end up touring again and when you do just think of all of this time that you would have been to put to That's it. It's like, it's like, it's like what, what did you do during 2020? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously it's affecting, it's affecting everyone, but it's affecting a lot of people in different ways. And, and actually a lot of people I know are you know, thriving from it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that they're, they're in, say, say somebody has a business that's all digital and thrives when everyone's online, you know what I mean? Or, you know, or like guitar companies, you know, in America, everyone just suddenly got a check for 1200 bucks. Well, to a lot of people, that's a guitar. You know what I mean? So everyone's, it's, 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 it's a, it's a sliding scale, even within the same industry. And that's, yeah. that's goes back to the analogy I had of it being like a restaurant, you know, everyone's doing their bit, but it's all a symbiotic thing. And, and, and something that's been really heartwarming f coming from the touring side is how much sort of, uh, how many sort of, uh, or olive branches or, 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 you know, extending helping hands and things from companies and, and just people I've worked with, you know what I mean? So, hey, uh, we'll sling you this if you do this, you know, if you want to help us out with a video or a bit of playing or a lesson or whatever, you know, there's, there's so much support coming from outside of the industry. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I want to give a, a big shout out to, you know, uh, actually, Justin Sandico, Justin Guitar, is, is yeah. someone who like he consider he's such a good guy. So he he's in a situation where he's got an online business, but he's 
you know, calling up his touring buddies like, hey, how can I help? You know what I mean? Um, so everyone's kind of mucking in and coming together and it's, it's really heartwarming. And, and I think it, it's going to be really great to see us come out of this and, you know, everyone's just going to be a bit closer. You know what I mean? I mean, I can't imagine what it's going to be like the first show that I do in front of an audience. Like, it's going to be overwhelmingly emotional. Yeah, yeah it would be an emotional uh, thing. And it would surprise be, me shed a tear. Yeah, it's going to be special, man. It's going to be really special. Maybe I have to film it, you know what I mean, just to capture that. But, um, but yeah, and, and, and you know what? Thanks, a big public shout out. Thanks to people who do things like Patreon and who, who buy records and go to Bandcamp and all that kind of stuff because... Yeah again like that's you guys are keeping keeping the music coming because the music will stop i mean i know some bands who i'm a big fan of who have called it quits in this because there's just too many mouths to feed so they just have to choose a whole different career because yeah. you have to dive into something that's sustainable so the fans that that support the artists are the people that are literally keeping the grassroots music industry alive and the niche industry alive so absolutely mad respect to them and, oh. and the people that buy luthier's guitars it's the same thing exactly exactly you know those guitars wouldn't exist if 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 people weren't there to uh buy the guitars from the men in sheds i'm surrounded by guitars from men in sheds there's exactly. not a single you know none of the guitars in my room here are from uh guitar stores they're all from men in sheds i love it yeah, yeah well exactly and uh, that was beautifully put um and you know what, Justin is a great human being. I love that guy. Um, oh yeah, he's the best. Definitely check out his guitar lessons, guys. Justin yeah, guitar. Yeah, if you haven't exactly. Um, but you're 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 right, and that that was you know there's been obviously it's been challenging for 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 many of the luthiers we represent in, in that many would have had orders that have been cancelled because of the uncertainty, mm. and so you know we've anything that we've been able to do in that time. Um, helping them or, or, or promotion or, or friends like yourselves that we can do with our kind of little little pocket of people that, that, yeah. that we have our customer base we're just honored to be able to do it it's, it's something that we're you know we, we love doing we'll always keep doing it so um, yeah that's why you guys are awesome as well because you have that you have that kind of grassroots vibe you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're bringing in these like two guys from Texas to showcase something that they built, which is amazing, but no one knows. Playing horse guitars. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I remember being there for those and talking to those guys. They they put all these little things in the uh, in the they body, do, right? They do. They're they're awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, man. That that uh, I did a music video at your old showroom, didn't I'm I? Like, <laughs> I've got it written down. Just every time, everything I've written on my blooming list, <laughs> I talk about. You've beaten me to it. But I was trying to, how do I pronounce it? Is it Encomium? Yeah, so, so first of all, that's the couch, right? That I sat on. Is it the same couch? It's the couch. It's the couch. Yeah, so, um, so the song's called Encomium, but it has a, another word, Reverie. It has kind of two titles. I just call it Reverie. But Encomium is basically, so, so that song was very inspired by Dirge by Michael Hedges, which is almost yeah. like a, you know, it's a Dirge. It's, it's kind of a depressing and funerally right there's, so there's a lovely there's, there's a lightness to, to 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 that song there's a there's like a there's like a darkness that kind of draws you in there's right like, there's some interesting kind of chords and, and the tuning really helps but like yeah the, the encomium is was kind of written as sort of the the, the yang to the ying of the hedges people <laughs> if that makes sense so it was the the celebration of life which is essentially what encomium means um and i did that also at a time where there was a lot of kind of uh you know losses in the family and things like that you know but um but reverie is is kind of how it's 
how it's known, how I have what I call it on stage, because people can re remember that word, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, that that actually opens the album, the live album. So um, well, it opens my uh, era album, and also it opens um, the live album because I wanted it's it, it's not a shreddy, shreddy, flashy finger style. Let's get clicks on YouTube song. You know, it's just soul and power and big reverb and yeah and i start with this big open chord and harmonics on the seventh fret and um it's just it was a really fun way to start the show because i was opening for justin on that tour so i would walk out and then i just bang hit that chord and suddenly <laughs> everyone's just like you know the, the whispers just gone and then they're listening you know so instead of starting with a crazy experience visual madness or a cover you know I would start with that and then it would take them on this mellow journey that was just you know spiritual and evocative and then when that ended they they, they like the vibe and they clap and then you tear straight into some kind of crazy bullshit and then that's the thing so something I learned from Tommy as well is how to like how to open your show so he he would very rarely open his set the way that I'm describing but he would always have like say three songs in a row that increase in energy. So, and it's like bang, bang, bang. And then it's like, good evening. Oh, you know, after the audience has had their like heads exploded, you know? Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of the, uh, the, the show craft that, uh, that I've got from, from watching Tommy and, and we're just watching rock bands and things as well. But yeah, um, I've watched, I've watched, I watched some your, your, uh, I've watched some of your videos uh, um, and how you, some of your live videos rather, and how you can control, I don't think there are many people that, that, that can do what you do in the fact that you're playing percussive guitar that you are literally, you can, you're just controlling the whole audience. I mean, it, and you're so, you're really animated with it. You like move around and you're, it's amazing. It's like, oh, thanks, dude. It's, uh, it, it might, you must be pretty exhausted after you finish your, finish the gig. Well, yes, actually, that's true. But that's that's probably because my physical health is just kind of terrible. Like, I, I, you know, I'm just a bum. But uh, yeah, so uh, with the Justin shows, I like it because my opening set's about 25 minutes. So that I can, I can, it's enough time to do a balls out kind of set. But my, my perfect, the set that I love playing the most was actually on the Tommy tour where I had 45 minutes. Wow. And 45 minutes to me is the perfect length where you can, bring them up, take them down, bring them up again and leave them wherever you want. You know, there's enough time to have a, a real nice dynamic to the set and do all of the things. So some songs I'll, you know, one song, if the room's right, I'll unplug and walk around the room, you know, or one song, this is the song where I do a drum solo and the audience are clapping along, or this is the song where it's, it'll make you cry because it's so emotional. Or this song's a cover that, you know, or this song has a light show, you know, every song has a kind of, element to it which in a 45 minute set you you never start repeating yourself and and uh once you get into like an hour over an hour um then i i have less fun with it because i get a bit fatigued that's probably why i i i do a lot of opening sets because i just love the energy and, and and being being present for that whole thing but once i get my next record out after this and i because i've only got two albums worth of material you know what i mean so once i get that third album then i'm going to be able to just craft this hour and a half just epic voyage through sonic joy and loveliness <laughs> mate it's great to talk to you and uh yeah thanks so much for stopping in um 
please send us all of your links, everything, everything, yes. and everything that we can, we can add into the, the blog. And uh, as soon as we're, we're, we're open up again and all of that kind of good stuff, we've got to get you. Actually, I really want to get you out to Nashville because we missed each other last time. We did the show with Tommy. Um, and I think you went and had coffee with our mutual friend, Lance, at a very cool coffee shop. Yeah, I literally went, yeah. Uh, literally over the street from you guys. Yeah, yeah but it was, it was pouring great out with rain and we didn't have any coffee. Lance knows his coffee. That's like That's, his thing. I know. Lance, Lance's thing is like being the king of Spotify and knowing lots about coffee. Man, he, again, another guy absolutely love and uh, an incredibly talented, uh, talented player. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. He dominates. He does dominate the coffee chats to the next level. He loves his coffee. Yeah, I mean, I'll, that's that's another reason I like living in Bristol. Is there's lots of good coffee spots. But um, that's another thing, kids. Support your uh, support your coffee shops because first of all, they're awesome. Second of all, you know, in the time of COVID, with loads of people graduating university with no industry to go into, they're all working in coffee shops. So keep it going. Keep it going. Support the young. <laughs> children the children are the future everybody hey listen take care thanks for stopping by and uh yeah we'll see you very soon awesome man pleasure good chat all the best buddy take care Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Guitar. For more information on the world's finest guitars, please visit our website at thenorthamericanguitar.com. 